Minneapolis, 911. What's your emergency? It's another episode of Minneapolis 911. Welcome to today's show with your host, the mayor of Minneapolis After Dark, L.A. Nick. And along with him is beautiful and hilarious co-host, comedian Esley Ray. They'll be bringing you the 411 and 911 of our beloved city. And we're back with another week of Minneapolis 911. How you doing, Esley? I'm good. How are you? Well, I've been in Mexico. Yeah, I heard. I heard you uh, crossed the border. They did not put up a wall yet to keep you out. You know what? I was actually really shocked. So I that they didn't have a wall to keep you out. No, that I actually had a motorcycle engine in a suitcase. And <laughs> what is that? How you travel? You don't bring clothes. You just go with a motorcycle engine. In well, I went to a specific space split place in 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 Mexico to have some motorcycle engine work done. Okay. And I already set it up with this guy, Jason Davis, who's a Baja racer, a professional Baja racer. Baja and, racer? Yeah. I thought that was just a term for food. No. They have... So, uh, Cabo is like ground zero for Baja racers. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Jeffries... Is what does that mean, Baja racing? Desert racing. Okay. So, there's a guy named Jimmy Jeffries who owned the whole beachfront of, of Baja back in the 60s. And he... Because the Mexican people didn't want it because you couldn't graze cows on the beach. And it was all cattle ranches. So, this guy, Jimmy Jeffries, bought all the beachfront. Mm. And he was the pioneer of Baja racing. He started Baja racing in the 60s in Cabo. And uh, now he's a legend Baja racer. He's won so many Baja he's races. He's still alive. He's still alive. I actually did a, I did a, a, a whole day interview with him. In his house, he has cars parked in his living room. He does. It's like uh, your home away from 53 home. Fifty-three vet and a, and like a, a fifty-two Jaguar in his living room. Then he had a. Does whole... he drive them around his house no, too? He's, like, he... I have to go to the restroom and nope, he jumps in the actually, car and drives to the he's bathroom. He's actually wheelchair bound, unfortunately. Oh, uh, a okay. lot of spirit, a lot of energy. He'll talk your ear off, but he, he is he's wheelchair bound. Um, he has a massive car collection. He has some really neat cars. He had a white, a white. It's called a white. The, the vehicle's name was white. And he Sounds has, racist. It's a bus that they only used in Yellowstone National Park to send. The, Again, the, racist. To, to, <laughs> to tour tourists around in these white okay. buses. And he has one in Mexico. And they are literally very hard to find. And I told mm-hmm. him, I said, this should be in the museum in Yellowstone. I mean, it's a, it's a, I think it's a $200,000 vehicle. It's just, mm. and it's all original, never been touched. He has some pretty unique stuff. The the cars he thought were worth a lot of money actually aren't worth much money, but the cars he didn't that he has they were just special to him. Yeah, and he's like, Oh, okay. this car's worth a ton of money. I'm like, oh, not really, dude. They're not worth that much money. And you elbowed Nancy, you're like, Look at this no, guy. No, no, so, so, so worth money. So Jason That's just a Chevy. So J- Jason Davis and, and Nancy both put things on saying this was supposed to be an interview of Jeff Jeffries about uh, Jimmy Jeffries about his car collection, and it turned into be an interview of Ellie Nick, <laughs> Jimmy Jeffries' car collection. Because Aww. because I just I'm the encyclopedia of automobiles. I know, and and there's people that know more than me, but I know you're like an idiot savant when it comes to automobiles. Right, right? I know a lot. Yeah. And, and this guy didn't have nothing on me. You're like me, the man. rain man of automobiles. He knew nothing on me. He had nothing on me. Mm-hmm. I'm a rain man of two things, cars and Italian motorcycles. And I'll challenge anybody to either one of them. But this guy didn't have nothing on me on cars. And I'm, he, he's talking about this 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 
it's what's called a straight axle Corvette, which is the first couple of years. I'm like, you know what, dude? Sorry, but that's not the. He's like, this is the most this is the most valuable year vet. I'm like, no, it's not. 67 427 is the most valuable vet you can buy. Period. And you just like shoved your Coke bottle glasses up on your nose. You're like, hey, let me tell you something. So here, anyway, sonny. I had. A, but anyway, the the point. Mexico was amazing. I was very impressed. With multiple things. I was very impressed that a lot of different people know how to do a lot of things. Hmm. Jacks of all trades. They there, are very skilled, a very skilled nationality. They know hmm. how to do a lot. Like what? Like like tile work, like 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 workmanship. They can build Grout. Like, I had a I had a motorcycle head custom built. And I'm what does that mean? I'm going to show you a cylinder head. What's a mo- mo- what's a motorcycle a head? A cylinder head. So it's where the piston comes up and meets the What does that mean? Oh my God! Okay, so you know nothing about uh, combustion engines, so it's going to be hard to explain it to you. But do you think I'm going to these... show you the beauty in it? So see that that whole top crazy looking part. I'm looking at a piece of chrome machinery. So mm-hmm. see this this top part? Yeah. They handmade that for me. What? Yeah, and guess how much they want to charge me? I don't know. Just take a guess. Five million dollars. Forty American dollars. What? Yes. That looks like it's worth at least like eight hundred USD. All day long. All day I would long. Pay, I would pay a couple yeah. grand for it. So, uh, yeah. I hope you didn't tell them that. No, but I did give. I did give them way more than you. You wanted. gave them fifty um, you know, USD. Just, no, I gave them way more than that. Um, even just going to eat there. You know, I did notice that too. Last time I was in Mexico, the food there is a. Stunning, but it's I delicious, went, but so cheap. But I went into like the ghetto. There's a ghetto. People don't You're realize in it. the real. There's a ghetto Cabo. of Cabo, and they call mm-hmm. them colonies. And and so I so this guy Jason Davis, who I've got to know through the through the years over social media. He lived in L.A. when I lived mm-hmm. in L.A. and I, I been keeping. Have you talk. met anyone organically not through Facebook in recent years? Like. I think you and I met through Facebook. <laughs> I feel like you only you only associate people with people like that you meet through Facebook. Is that true or not? I would say 50-50. Nope. 50-50. All right. I would say 50-50. But I am, I do meet a lot of people in other countries through social media who I actually go meet in person. I met Paul Marconelli in Pesaro, Italy through Facebook. I went and met mm-hmm. him in person. I met... Uh, this girl Monica, who I'm going in April to meet. Lewinsky? Check- no. Oh. And I'm go- her name's with a really K. Excited. I'm going to meet her in Prague in Does April. Nancy know about this Monica? Nancy's going with me. Oh, okay, good. All right. So uh, and, uh, I I met a a, a a a German TV reporter who lives in Lisbon. I'm going. To, oh yeah. But uh, uh, <laughs> you see that interview I did? They they yeah, they dubbed did. my voice all in German. Does like it? And, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go visit him. And I'm said. going to go visit his visit him in Lisbon in April. Him? I thought it was a girl. No, it's oh, him. Okay. It's him. All right. Um. So yeah. I use social media to my advantage in that way. You leverage it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah, do. you do. I do. So w- we were talking about Cabo. You were just there. I was recently in Cancun, and I've been to Cabo before too. Um, with the current political climate, and I know that this show, like with everything going on, Trump as president now, blah blah blah. We were like, we're gonna stay away from politics from this show for the most part, right? Yeah, we're gonna talk Correct? about kitty cats and puppy dogs. Kitty cats, puppy dogs. However, because you were just out of the country, well, we are gonna talk about Betsy. Um, I am interested to hear your thoughts on the political climate being in 
Mexico in particular at this time while things are so hot right well, now in the U.S. I, I got so what's to, the difference? Like, what's your Well, impression? I got to experience Mexico of locals. I didn't go. I wasn't around. I mean, I did stay at a tourist hotel. Non, 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 Where were you? The Westin? Oh, uh, no. It's called the Bahia. It's a beautiful hotel. It's mm-hmm. the only five-star, one of the only five-star restaurants in Cabo mm-hmm. in that hotel. But it's not an all-inclusive hotel. Okay. It's all separate. And I really like the hotel a lot. And they're really good people. Um, did you have a bidet? I did. New, did you use a, it? A New Yorker, a New Yorker owns the restaurant, and they're just mm. the best food ever. But I have locals that are friends of mine who live in Cabo. So my friend Jason Davis says we're going to go meet this guy who lives in a colony. And I'm like, what's a colony? He's like, well, a colony is state-owned property that you just like. You just claim a piece of it, and you hmm. build a shack out of like plywood and 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 cardboard. Nice. And, that and sounds fancy. So, so if somebody ha- like say you have a piece of colony, and you want to move out, like he bought his colony, his part for 150 American dollars. <gasps> wow! And the girl moved out. That's like mo- way so more in. than so you he paid said, for so your piston. He said, he said the first day he moved in. Like, he, he put a, a rickety old camper in there, and he said the first day he moved in, somebody came and hatcheted all his fence down and took all his stuff out, and they put their own— Hatcheted? Yeah, they use they, a lot of people use machetes because— Machetes? Get, yeah, because you, if you get caught with any kind of weapon in, in Mexico, you are done. You're toast? You are toast. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. So machetes are legal. Okay. So no, that's they're for cutting me. down weeds. Can I carry a machete around here, or is that not okay? I think Minneapolis, you're in trouble with even, like, a fingernail clipper. <laughs> I don't think so. We're a sanctuary city. Yeah, you don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. No, no. such thing as sanctuary city. <laughs> anyway, there is no such thing as sanctuary cities. Well, that's a different topic for another yeah, time. They don't exist. My question was, can I carry around a machete? You're saying I, no. Like, I it's because no. it's me would, or, like, in general? I would say no. You can't carry around a machete. I think even like a little toenail clipper, you'd be in trouble here. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. But that's because but I have police, a record. police would never stop you, but. Yeah, well. All right. So, anyways, you were there. The, he was carrying around so anyway, his machete. So anyway, He's like, oh, I, somebody so, 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 hacked yeah. down my so, yeah, shack. So, so he, he got this colony property okay. that's state-owned. And they actually, literally, people climb up telephone poles. They hook, <laughs> they hook extension oh. cords to the transformers Sorry. and run power to their house. Nice. Everybody does. They're so innovative. And, and so I found out a lot of key things. So if you want to build a property, even if it's a commercial business property, like a mall, uh-huh. and if you leave four feet of rebarb sticking out of the roof. What's rebarb? Uh, that's. Metal. Rebarb Johnson? No, that's metal. That's that's iron rods that okay. reinforce concrete so it doesn't crack. Uh-huh. If you leave that sticking up out of your rooftop, you're officially still under construction. <laughs> and there's buildings there that are 50 years old that are still under construction. And guess what? If Those you're if you're under if, if you're under construction, you don't have to pay property tax. Wow. So they have it down to science. They really do. But Ooh, going into this colony, really, I was like, wow. And I took a bunch of video. Mm-hmm. And I did post it to Facebook. You um, have to look at that. It, it was an enlightening. So he told me a bunch of uh, 
Mexican natives came in and chopped all the stuff down and said, get out. And he fought back. And now he, he has that property. It's his. Because wow. he told them no. And he, he, ruined, he, he threw all their stuff outside his fence and he put his fence back up. And uh, so now he has part of that claim. But like, no me gusta. It's in, it's in a, what they, uh, I forget the name of it. There, there are trenches in the dirt that the water flows. What do they call those? It starts with an M. Tip of my tongue. Moats? No, it's uh, like Morales or something. Uh, so I'm tipping my tongue. I can't think of what it's called. But anyway, um, so so it, if it ever has a downpour there, mm-hmm. that whole area gets flooded out. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, well, I guess my question was but, but because— my, 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 biggest, my biggest impressive thing was the amount of police presence. That's what I was going to ask you. Yes. Mm-hmm. The police presence— in Mexico is insanity. And so I'm in the heart of Cabo where all the nightclubs are. You'll see Federal like five trucks deep. And there's a guy, there's a guy in the back of every pickup truck with an M16 and ammo coming out of that gun, filling the whole floor of that pickup bed. Ah. And they're just waiting. Waiting for what? Well, you know, El Chapo Somebody just got- Somebody with a well, machete? You know, El Chapo got deported to America. This yeah, week, uh-huh. so now it created a welcome vo- El Chapo. Yeah, it created. He's in a. I think I believe he's in a New York prison. I'm ninety percent sure. He, hmm. he, he yeah, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. He mm-hmm. went to a New York prison. So that created a void for a new cartel to move in. Okay. To Mexico, even though Cabo. Does, May I submit my resume? You could. Be tough. Well, I don't know. I I could bring my fingernail clipper. <laughs> Dye your hair black, maybe. Might have a chance. <laughs> I could try. But right. but there's never been cartel murders in Cabo till this year. First time Ooh, ever. First time ever. Okay. First time ever. Scary. Yeah. And so me and Nancy met met this guy Joe, who I think is from Colorado Springs, and he is a a, a high end window washer that does mm-hmm. billionaires' homes in. No, I'm sorry. It was a uh, high-end window washer. Yeah, that what, sounds like a cover for drugs. But this guy, he's dying, and he oh. he's, he told us he's he's he's, he's doesn't have much time I left. I washed my and last so window. He, he's, he he went down to Cabo and he stayed at like a twenty-dollar night hotel. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, he heard gunfire, and he went out of his room, and all four people in the room next to him were got shot in the head. <gasps> oh. And he said he watched two bunch people take their last like gasp of air, oh. and there was still smoke in the air, but they were all cartel. Jeez. Yeah, so, but it's first time it ever happened in Cabo's history, and it's all done now. So if you're planning on going to Cabo, still go to Cabo. It's a great town. You'll have a great time, and there's tons Don't of Don't get shot in the head, there's but, ton- yeah. Well, it's, they only kill cartel, and cartel always leaves a note on everybody they oh, kill nice. of why they were killed. Oh, okay. So, so if, you like, have, if you never well, crossed the cartel, guess fine. what? You got nothing you're to worry fine. about. All right, so we do have some guests coming up. We're going to come back after our break. We've got Mark Lee. He was a witness to the Fort Lauderdale shooting that happened here early January. We'll be talking to him after our break. Um, and then we've got another guest coming up after that as well. So when we come back, we'll talk What's to Mark Lee. What's other guest Lee. name? Yeah. El Chapo, I think. <laughs> Uh, Calling got, from yeah. the New York prison. We got El Chapo coming on the show. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we do have Mark Lee coming in, and we've got Bubba, Bubba Meyer. And I, I don't know. He's like a shrimp I know, master no, or something. No, I don't know. I know, Bubba I know Bubba. And, all right. uh, you know, we all, we all complain about the cold. Uh-huh. This guy embraces it. Does he? Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear about that. But, again, we'll talk about that when we come back from our break. We've got this and more and our guests. Coming up with Minneapolis 911. We'll talk to you soon on That's Lee Ray with Ellie Nick. Minneapolis911.com.
inspiring dining choice. That's Bank Restaurant in downtown Minneapolis. Housed in a beautifully restored circa 1900 bank building, it's the perfect place for a casual breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Featuring modern American dining, where fresh local ingredients combine with a historic yet revitalized setting for a truly unique dining experience. A four-star surrounding with a casual price. Whether it's a power lunch, lunch with your girls, or romantic dinner, Bank Restaurant is a lively and effervescent new way to dine at 88 South 6th Street in downtown Minneapolis, where four stars meets casual dining. Tired of the big box store? Hello? Is anybody out there? Had it with mom and pop hardware stores? OMG, it was just here last week. Want something just right? That's Buyswingers, your local, larger neighborhood hardware store. At Buyswingers, we have it all. Power equipment, outdoor living, hardware, a place where neighbors help neighbors complete that backyard renovation, paint your home, or just let you know what food that cardinal in your tree wants for supper. Buyswingers, your local, larger neighborhood hardware store with more. 35 West North to County Road 96, exit 28A in New Brighton. We're back, Minneapolis911.com. And I'm here as well. Hesley Ray with LA Nagin. I hope got, I hope you're here. I'm here, I think. I think I'm back. Um, so we've got a guest today. I'm kind of excited to hear about this. Did you hear at all about what happened Fort Lauderdale Airport uh, Delta Airlines carried yeah, somebody in? A little while ago. Of, okay. So early January, just spring people and, and up to speed. I kept that in mind as I traveled. Okay. And I have to say I did not see any police officers in any airport that I went to. None in Minneapolis. None in in. Uh, I was in three cities this this travel time, and I saw zero police officers with zero guns. Not to even mention AK-47s or AR-15s or M-16s. I saw nothing, zero. And and I had a motorcycle engine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, su- you were talking about in that. In my okay, suitcase. So, yep, and, and the no, only single time that anybody said a question was leaving Minneapolis. Not going to Mexico, not coming back from Mexico. So you went through customs and everything, and they're just like, eh. Not even a word. Zero. That seems Leaving Minneapolis, the lady goes, and now I'm going to quote her, what the hell is in your bag? She goes, I've been working this job 22 years. I can't recognize that. I go, Is that a bomb, sir? I said, it's a motorcycle engine. A two-stroke antique two motorcycle engine. Two-stroke sounds so dirty. Yeah, two-stroke. Did she wink at you after you said that? I only do two-strokes. The pervert in me just came out. Yeah, I only do two-strokes. So, <laughs> Ew. Uh, but they're faster and harder. Harder and faster. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> well, so they anyway, she's like, a- what the hell is that? And you're like, two-strokes. And she's like, ooh. Well, and then have... you just went right on through security. Well, you know, two strokes have a power band. <laughs> I don't know. Everything you say is dirty. They, now. Have, they, oh. have, they have a power band where four strokes don't have a power band. Four strokes don't have a power band because, like, that's just too much effort. Yeah. Two strokes have a power band. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, they just go, bah, bah, and they Ew. just kick in. Gross. That's yeah, awesome. This is disgusting. Yeah. So anyway, no one stopped you. This woman was like, "What the hell is but, that?" And you're but like, what, two I, what I was amazed the most was coming back into America. Mm-hmm. I could have had a hundred pounds of heroin. You could not have because they probably would have flagged that. Like they have people who smell those things. Nobody even dogs. There was no dogs. 
that Zero. you knew of. And nobody x-rayed my bag coming back that in. That you knew of. No, they didn't. I had it in my hand the whole time. Oh, it was a carry-on? You were, I carried you were allowed on, to bring that I on the plane? I carried on my bag. What? Yes. I thought you checked that shit. No, I carried oh, it. Oh, man, this, t- this took a whole new level. Yeah, I carried it on. What did Nancy carry on? Real bombs? Clothes. Heroin? You <laughs> <laughs> carried on clothes. How heavy was your bag? Uh, under the under the well, it wasn't a complete engine. It was the the cylinder in the top end. It was two and a half strokes. <laughs> <laughs> it was half of a two stroke. <laughs> the transmission part got left at home. Okay. The end. The the full mechanical combustible piston part came with me. Wow. So is that um like could like I don't know could that be a bomb like if you set it on fire? I would want to be... know what it was if I saw it in an X ray. I would want you to be x-rayed all the time. Like, who knows what you were carrying on your body? They, I'm telling you, there it was really I don't know. It, so, was, it was lackadaisical, full bore. Lackadaisical. Who says that anymore? You just turned 155. Okay, so. I still say pawning my wares. All right, so let's Do you know let's what that talk, means? I don't know, but let's talk about that when we come back from our guests. So I want to know if you know about what happened in Fort Lauderdale. Of because, course I okay. do. All right, so some gunman, crazy guy checked the checked a bag, had a left, gun in his bag, yes. pulled the gun out. Uh-huh. He flew from somewhere to Minnesota, Alaska to, to Minnesota to Minneapolis, down to Delta Fort Lauderdale, Flight Florida, to Fort Lauderdale. Got went his, to the bathroom, right? Got loaded up, took the gun out of his bag, loaded mm-hmm. it, came out, start shooting people randomly. Killed five. I watched the video. Killed five, right? I, the I, death toll was at yeah, five. I, last wa- time I, I watched I, the video. Okay, so we've got an eyewitness, and I couldn't sleep for three days. We've got an eyewitness on the line right now, Mark Lee. He's a financial advisor from Minneapolis. He was on the for flight. Financial advisor I, for who? I'm not sure. We'll ask him. Let's but um, he he was either on the flight with this individual so both, from Minneapolis to we, Fort Lauderdale. Either way, he was in baggage claim in Fort Lauderdale, and we, now we're going to talk to we him. We both need financial advisor. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. So, Mark, are you on the line right now, sir? Yes, I am. Well, hey, Mark. You. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being on the show. Um, we appreciate your time with us, and sorry for the long intro there. Um, how are you doing well, today? I'm doing well, and yourself? I'm good, and thank you for joining us late at night as well. Um, so you were there. I am just getting caught up to speed on the story itself. Could you kind of give me a little bit of a background of what what occurred, and then we can get into what you saw um, more as you as you tell us. So you were traveling from Minneapolis with this individual, is that right? Well, we were traveling. On, we were on the end up being on the same flight. He was three rows ahead of me on the uh, Delta flight from Minneapolis to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, we were we were going down there for kind of our first anniversary uh, kind of vacation cruise uh, down there, which was leaving the next day. And we had just gotten off the plane, gone down to baggage claim line with everyone else on our flight to uh, retrieve our bags from the carousel. Okay, so so he was three rows ahead of you. Um, did you interact with him at all before you got off of the plane, or, or you just noticed that he was on the plane with you? No, actually, I had, had no interaction with him whatsoever. Um, I did not even know he was on the flight. I mean, though, when the, after one of the FBI personnel they're interviewing me after the event that took place asked if I recognized him or, or if he was on my flight, and uh I mean, until I found afterwards uh, through the media that he was on our flight, I had no idea that he was on our plane whatsoever. Okay. So he's so not stand he's, out any way, shape, or form. So it's not somebody you, you, that stood out or you noticed and said, hey, no, that guy seems weird. Or... Nope, not on the flight. It was, like I said, no, no issues on the flight whatsoever. Okay. 
So, so you get off, you go to baggage claim, you and your wife were excited to like go on your cruise and experience your anniversary. Tell us what happens next. So you're, you're with a group of people, I'm assuming, like all going down to baggage claim together as you get off the plane. Uh, when did it start occurring and, and kind of give us the play by play, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Now we had, uh, like I said, gone down to baggage claim and, and as the baggage starts coming off, just like everyone else, we kind of grabbed our bags as they came. Uh, we have, were missing one bag uh, that didn't come through and everything else. With the amount of people that were there on the cruise, that, you know, we kind of thought, well, maybe by accident someone had grabbed one of our bags and, and like there was a porter that had a big, huge cart that was for people going on the cruise. And we thought, well, maybe the bag got put on this cart by mistake um, that someone did. So we actually left the baggage claim, went off to the side to see, look at this cart where the porter was and just to see if our bag was by mistake only had gotten out there. Uh, which had not. So we kind of walked back into the same area again uh, between baggage claim uh, two area there and just trying to see if the bag was still on the belt or coming through or whatever. At that time, the belt had stopped. There's no more bags on the belt. So we thought, okay, we're going to have to go over to the baggage you know, kind of claim office and just see if someone had grabbed it from there or where the bag may or may not be. So we went to the far end of the baggage claim area, uh, which it turned out is the same area that the shooter had to claim his luggage, which had his uh, properly checked gun in there. So we headed that direction. Once again, probably we end up as we were going there, we probably most likely passed uh, once again the shooter there. And once again, he did not stand out to us any way, shape, or form. Uh, but we went in there, found our bag that was actually there. Uh, my wife, who actually works for Delta Airlines, was kind of uh, talking with the attendant that was there in the office and just kind of chit chatting uh, lightly. So after we got our bag loaded on our cart with the rest of our luggage, um, we then proceeded out the door exit uh, closest to there well then after we got outside again we got oh we need to find out where to find our her- airport uh, shuttle or shuttle to the hotel from the airport so we came back in again and we were just proceeding kind of towards the middle of the of the baggage claim area when we um, kind of heard the kind of like the, the three round bursts you know just boom 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 uh what if we at first thought were firecrackers and then as i'm looking at it and kind of it registered um both myself along with other people kind of realized like i know i mean those little first that we heard and then also looking at the you know kind of a ejection were coming out where the casing is coming out of his gun and seeing the you know kind of the gunshot you know the the burst of the gunpowder blown out of the gun itself and at that point kind of whole pandemonium kind of erupted in the uh baggage claim areas people running and screaming and you know taking cover whether it's under seats behind desks poles baggage claim carousel uh whatever they could and also in addition to running outside as quickly as they could so how quick when it happened did you personally realized this is a real thing like how like did how how quick did your brain react like this is actually happening it probably took like i say about a split second because he had the first three rounds off and there was about a second and a half to two second pause between him taking the next uh, firing of his weapon uh, for there and that's when i kind of realized it all sunk in after I'm, as i watched the weapon go off and seeing the cartridges you know i mean expel from the gun going okay no this is not firecrackers this is actually a gun and he's there's a guy shooting here because i hear most people take a long time to, to, to process, process it, it. that yeah. it's real well i think that probably i mean natural human reaction is is to think that it's not right i mean like you're hoping probably your brain right. wants to go into that hopeful like it could be something else 
did you then like I don't know hit the deck like did you grab your wife and hit the ground or, or what was your next reaction after realizing that this that, man was shooting I would have been on that carousel <laughs> just go back into the plane on the baggage claim yeah <laughs> no no actually just like kind of everywhere else because we were close by one of the uh, fire exits there um you know here again kind of first point is you know my wife and I we kind of actually went towards the door to kind of get out of the area there she was ahead of me away so um as if she, so was she there, left yeah, you I'm just kidding. Steps ahead of me, so right. she uh, after she got through the door and everything else, and there's two ladies that were in front of me that had just kind of in once again the, the max of exodus of people, and they fell in front of me. So I kind of stopped, helped them out, kind of got them out the door, and was once again kind of getting ready to go out the door myself. And also two more ladies behind me had fallen. We're having trouble getting wow. back up. So I turned around and helped them get those back up. One lady actually even dropped her purse right in the middle of, of the, the two doors there. And after I'd got them out, I actually saw the purse there, kind of ran back, grabbed the purse, wow. ran it back outside again to give it to her, came back in again. And, and my wife was, you know, kind of yelling at me, kind of saying, come on, let's go get out, get out. And she said, I kind of looked at her in this slow motion way. I looked at her, I got this look in my eye and she goes, crap. He's not coming out. He's going back in. And also, oh next week, you know, I was gone. Um, kind of went around the corner there where kind of where our baggage was. Originally, there was another lady um, who worked for one of the cruise lines that was down on one knee, was trying to get up to get out of there. Um, I kind of lifted and grabbed her and kind of tossed, somewhat tossed her out the door as well, came back in again and kind of started more assessing the situation as far as what was going on in there and trying to find amazing. out where the shooter was, what was going on that you went back that many times to help i mean weren't you like weren't you scared i mean what like was a part of you whether you were you just on autopilot is that how you react where you're just like i'm not even thinking i'm just gonna go and help or what I was just done, like I said, like I was exactly right. I was on autopilot, was not even thinking. I was just doing. Have, have um, you ever thought of people. a Have you ever thought of a career in law enforcement or EMT or? Uh, I, well, back way back in the day, I used to be on Sherburn County's Water Patrol uh, things, but that's not stuff that we did anything with that nature. So. Well, I think it's amazing that you went yeah. back that many times and were were helping. I mean, and I'm sure, like like afterwards i mean was your wife like what were you doing why did you keep going back in there or did you i mean did it hit you at all that you were putting yourself in danger or um after i had got like some of the last ladies out um things and i was you know probably at this point i was uh probably about 55 60 feet away from him as he was approaching me i was probably at his one o'clock he was looking towards kind of 11 to nine o'clock um his line of fire and the shooting was in that range there um, probably for a quick nanosecond, that is where I kind of got this thought going, holy cow, he may shoot me, he may kill me. And then right. also as quick as it came in, it was gone. And at that point, I just said, okay, I need to come around, you know, kind of off to his right side and kind of flanking him, so to speak, and coming up around and going, trying to get back over there and uh, either see if there's more people to do or to see kind of, you know, try and do, do what I could to stop him in any way that I could. Um, you know, by the time he's going to continue walking towards me, I'm kind of coming up towards right side, staying out of his line of sight and line of fire, um, kind of keeping a really a, kind of acute eye where he's looking, where he's firing from that point, not to draw any attention to myself or people around me. Um, he kind of continued to walk up in between the carousels, just one right after another shooting, you know, people were in his line of fire. And it, like I say, it didn't matter whether they're 
you know, male, female, black, white, whatever, it didn't matter. You were in that line of path for him. You were in the line of fire, and you got shot. Hmm. You know, I, I just came back from a trip, and I was very aware of my surroundings, and especially these soft target areas like baggage claim. And I didn't see any police presence in any airport that I was just in. I just flew back into Minneapolis, and I was in baggage claim, and there wasn't an officer anywhere to be seen. And... I don't know. I, I would think that they would have those areas more protected because, I mean, I, I literally just flew back two days ago and I did not see any armed officers in any airport I went to, except in Mexico. They had Federals with M16s, but right. nowhere in America. And I'm talking the soft target areas like baggage claim right. and ticketing. I was in ticketing in two different cities this week. I didn't see any officers with guns. And I was in baggage claim. There was no officers with guns. So I, I guess it's... Is that the answer? Though I mean, I guess from a passenger point of view, what you just went through, do you think that that is an answer, Mark Lee, or do you think that... Well, I think if you can check a gun in your bag and then claim it at the baggage claim, that's kind of shady. I mean, yeah, I Then you should have an well, armed it. officer. Yeah, I mean, I guess I know from... Um, I know a number of the officers down at uh, you know Minneapolis Airport. Um, I've worked with them on a number of different things through the Patriot Guard, which I'm a senior ride captain and vice president of. So I mean, I'm quite familiar with a number of the officers down there. And um, I know and talked with one of the lieutenants there that I mean, roughly 18 months ago, Minneapolis Airport they started carrying uh, more active long guns down there. And you know, they've even had a lot more higher presence of officers inside and out. Um, you know, from that point. But um, I know from what they've done afterwards, I could not do not know what they've really done from there, but. And keep in mind, nobody needs a ticket to get in the baggage claim. You can pull your Correct. car up the baggage claim and walk right in the baggage claim. So you don't need a ticket. You don't need anything. Well, then it wouldn't really matter, I mean, what well, you, you don't need to show ID. or not then. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you can just walk right. in anyway. I mean, anybody can walk in the baggage claim and take a bag. I mean, there's nobody to stop you. There, you don't even have to ch- show anybody that it's your bag. Right. Which to me is kind of, Yeah, there like, could be when different I go to like L- When I go to L.A. or certain cities, I sit there and wait for my bag because anybody can walk in and take your bag right and it, it actually does yeah. happen more well than i'm gonna think. do that next time i know you're traveling and <laughs> take your bag take my airplane um, my help my so i would say you. this we're we're gonna wrap up with mark lee and we really again appreciate your time appreciate your your service honestly i think it's amazing what you did and and your your story is um is quite compelling and i would say if there's anything we can take from your story if you're traveling or, or anywhere and somebody does open fire, do you have any words of wisdom for other people who might be in a similar situation that you found yourself in? Well, as I say, in my situation, I didn't really think about what I did. I just acted, and I guess I look at it as that, you know, I was at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Um, obviously, everyone has to decide what the right decision in a you know similar situation of that nature. Does it make sense to kind of like what the human body responds either one of two ways, either fight or flight. Um, both can be correct responses and it depends on the situation. It depends on the person, um, you know, for that part. But I mean, I guess the point is if you have opportunity to do something to take care of action that can help potentially save people or help people out without putting you or others in additional harm's way, by all means, uh, take action. Well, usually when everybody's running out of room because something bad happens and, and <clears throat> somebody like yourself is running in, then they're, they're usually the hero. So I appreciate your efforts, and I, I would consider you a hero. I agree. Well, thank you. Our true Minnesota hero of the 
of the show here. Thank you, Mark Lee, for being on the show. Um, again, if you want to know more about what, what he, his experience was, um, the Fort Lauderdale shooting, Mark Lee, uh, eyewitness and, and hero. So thank you again for being on the show. Coming up, we've got Bubba, who's the ice wheelie champ. Not Bubba yet. Myers. He's not, the white, he's not the champ yet. Well, he's not the champ yet, but he, he is <laughs> going to be potentially Bubba Myers. We've got ramen. that coming up. And we've got more uh, Nick hacking into the microphone well, I ate here. some ramen and the he pepper some got ramen in my throat. And, the pepper. and there's no pepper on ramen, so I don't know well, what he's talking that's about. That's spicy stuff. Salt. It's called salt, sir. No, there was pepper in it. All right, we'll this be right hot, back. Spicy I'm Hesley Ray with my Coffee McGee. It was called Spicy Ramen. <laughs> it's back and says Spicy, spicy Ramen, Peppery man. Ramen, L.A. Nick. And I'm gluten-free. And he's gluten-free. So now more, we're going to start having problems. More on his diet coming back with Minneapolis 911. Oh, Betty, your remodel looks great. The dining room floor, the gorgeous plush carpet in the living room. Oh, and those kitchen counters are so perfect. I'm so jealous. I want this in my house. Linda, you can. It's easy. I just called Cap Carpet and Flooring and got a free in-home estimate. Then took my ideas to the showroom and Cap's excellent design staff went to work, helping me pick out the perfect style, fabrics, and colors. They really made my ideas come to life. At Cap Carpet and Flooring, we listen to your ideas. And from design concept to Cap's professional installation, Cap makes it easy for your design vision to come to life. Whether it's a remodel or a new home design, Cap helps our customers find the best products for their lifestyle. Hey, Linda, where are you off to? Well, I'm off to Cap Flooring and Carpet. I got great ideas for my guest room. Hey, wait for me. Cap Carpet and Flooring in New Brighton. Stop in or call for an appointment today. 651-636-2617. 651-636-2617. Cap Carpet and Flooring, where design becomes you. You want great hair? Join the evolution. Evolution Salon, the Twin Cities only Lanza Concept Salon. You want great hair? Join the evolution. Evolution Salon has everyday styles, event cuts, color, foils, makeup services, hip, cool, and oh, oh so, so stylish. stylish. Delivered by the area's top hairstylists that will make you look like a runway model. Finish off the look with great products exclusively from Lanza. You want great hair? Join the evolution. And experience. On the air with Ricky Rocket. Ricky, you just finished your farewell tour. What's next for the Rocket? The answer is simply. What? Simply self-storage. They've got it all. Both traditional storage for my amps and equipment to climate control to help control extreme temperatures, dust and humidity for my famous guitars. And talk about safety and convenience. Computerized gate access, 24-hour camera surveillance, and on-site staffing. Simply self-storage. Visit them today at simplyss.com. Their boxes. Ooh, you got it, you got it? I got it. I don't got it. Our boxes. <sighs> Perfect. Have reinforced sides and moisture barrier. Simply self-storage. We sell boxes. Find us at simplyss.com. We're back, Minneapolis911.com. I'm Hesley Ray. I'm the Oynette. You've stopped <laughs> coughing. So I did stop coughing. So I, 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 was, I haven't eaten. The last time I ate was the state fair. I had a corn dog. The last time you ate was in August. Yeah, it was a and corn dog. Now, a foot-long corn January. dog. January. And I, I was really hungry, so I, and so 
I was at the city council meeting today. Well, it was a, it was actually they let you in. It was actually a North Loop neighborhood meeting, but Jacob Fry and Betsy Hodges were the keynote speakers. Ooh. And I, I you my, were there in person. They did not person. escort you out. No, I didn't. And so, so I told, uh, I saw my buddy Jay Edinger. I said, "Hey, Jay." So, so there was a whole front row, and the only person sitting on there was Betsy Hodges. I go, oh. and we were all in the back. I go, Jay, go sit right next to Betsy. He's like, "No way." <laughs> So I walked out there and sat one seat over and just sat there. She didn't, like, you know, shoot a spitball at you or anything? No, and she usually, at the end, will just, like, at least, like, put her hand on her shoulder and say, hi, Nick, or something. Hello, Nick. She said... You are the bane of my existence. She wouldn't even acknowledge my presence. But I I do have to say, she looked good. Um, you always say that. It's like a weird sort of, I don't know, misogynistic way of being like, well, she looked okay. She has She's a, a good, giant you know bitch, you know but. What? She has a good face. She has a good face. She has a good face, and she has nice hair. So she's not a butter face. No, she has a good face. Okay, so good face, nice hair, not good body, or like a gun? I'm not going to comment because I'm not going to be that male sovereignist. Oh, God. okay. Well, you can comment on her face, though, I don't judge, and hair. I don't judge women by their... You know. By their figures? Yeah. Okay, what do you judge them by? Uh, by their by their intellectual... By their brains? Their intellectual <laughs> output. And, and, uh, and, 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 and their, Output? Yeah, their Who output. says that? Well, what they put out. Not sexually. Intellectually. Oh, okay. So well, what they put yeah. out intellectually. Okay. And she's a thing back. Mm-hmm. So, um... She could have a voice recorder and just play the same thing every time I she speaks. I am a robot. <laughs> like, she could just play the same, okay. the same loop. Okay. What would the loop say? Uh, anti-gun. I don't like guns. Yeah, I don't like guns. Okay. Don't worry about the twelve thousand violent assaults we've had Do in Minneapolis. Do not worry about the violence. Right. <laughs> I have got just it under guns. control. I'm doing a robot. Like. And she actually yeah. said. She actually said today. That cities that ban guns have no gun crime. I'm like, I thought like saying, what about Chicago? It's the worst. It's the strictest. Does Chicago ban guns? It's the strictest gun laws oh, in America. No one listens. The so, strictest hey? gun laws <laughs> in America are Chicago, Chicago people. Chicago is listen, in the toilet. Listen, I don't, people can say whatever they want about me. I'm not. I tell. I said this. I said this this week on social media. I don't lean left. I don't lean right. I go yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. I lean forward. What and does that mean? I want progress. I want to lean forward. I want to make things change to the better. Do you better. lean forward in a lefty way or a righty way? No way. I lean forward. What does that mean? That means I don't care about. Are the, you democratically no, it, it, going forward no, or republican going forward? I don't care about the party. Forward. I don't care about the parties. I like parties. <laughs> I don't care about the political parties. Okay. I just want. I want to live in a safe, prosperous city. Period. Prosperous. Just period. What are you? A, Sound like a from Star Trek or something. <laughs> live long live and prosper. In a safe and prosperous city for all, for everyone, mm-hmm. for everyone who lives here. I want Ferengi. them to be That's prosperous. The term I was looking for. I want them to be prosperous and I want them to be safe. Mm-hmm. And talking only about guns is not our problem. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, that's not the problem, in Minneapolis. It's not the solution. More people are assaulted than shot. We do have gun problems. Don't get me wrong, but banning guns. Chicago banned all guns. Mm-hmm. New York City has yeah. a handgun ban. Look where that got them, guys. Look where that got them. So, so I'm just saying, well, get your facts straight, Betsy. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Betsy. Anyway. Is your real name Elizabeth? I, I want to I move on from that because I don't want to talk about politics, but I do want to talk about Governor Dayton. Mm, I do, too. <laughs> okay. 
So you remember when um, Philando Castile was shot and he came out and was like, we're sorry. And like, he was so heartfelt. And I felt like, like all of a sudden America was looking through Governor Dayton and being like, you know what? Minnesota's okay. Like he was actually teary and like, it felt like he was a human and he actually understood what was going on in our climate. And I feel like he did a lot of great things. Since then, political and public appearances seem a little bit like, huh, like he's a little like, Well, I yeah, told you my story. Sort of like, uh, like I told the, you my story about the Skyway. The uncle that comes to Christmas late and then you're, everyone's like, oh, God, you know, like he got into the sauce again. Well, now the Star Tribune announces the day after he collapses at the podium that he has prostate cancer. Now, I, I said on this Dad. show three months ago. Two months ago? How okay. long was it? I don't know. When I ran, into, I ran into Governor Dayton in the Skyway. I forgot. I forgot everything. So tell me again. So I ran into Governor Dayton in the Skyway mm. at the Star Tribune building. And you were like, hello. And, he, and he's like, hello. I'm like, hey, Mr. Dayton. Mm. And he could hello, not Nick. speak a word. Harris, oh, yes, I do remember this. Could not speak yeah. a word. Harris and wrong. not only could he not speak a word, mm. uh, and, I, and I do not, I do, uh, with all respect to Governor Dayton, with all due respect. He was not he all He literally there. had a drool he six inches long. Drooling. I'm dead serious. It's not funny. I'm sorry. Especially if he's got cancer. He was hunched over Jeez. so far that I wanted to help him up. And he had a drool, a drool si coming a down six to the inches ground. long. And he had a young assistant with him saying, sorry, uh, Governor Dayton, you just had surgery. I'm like, why would a guy that just had surgery be walking around the skyways? I so don't know. He, my guess that he did have surgery and he was on heavy meds. Uh -huh. And somebody on heavy meds should not be making decisions for the state of Minnesota. Because you are intoxicated. I don't care what you have. If you are doing... I'm not intoxicated. Are you pointing at me? Yes. If I'm you not are intoxicated. Doing, I don't care what your excuse is. If you, I had surgery of many years ago. Okay? If you're on narcotics... True. If you're on narcotics, you cannot not all the time. make like, rational decisions. I take like four days. I'm not talking not about ACL. you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> if Governor Dayton is on narcotics, period narcotics if you have cancer whatever you have i don't care what you have i care i mean i care about his health but if he is on narcotics he should not if. be it, well he ha, if he has prostate cancer he's on narcotics you don't know that what if he's in pain and that's what you saw i'm saying he has stage three you what if he's smoking weed then that's should, not a narcotic yes it is no it's not oh, yes it is i'm sorry is it? Our, yes. Oh. It's if, according to the federal government. It's a narcotic. I don't know. I think yeah, it's I a do plant. know. No, it's a narcotic. So anyway, my point is, we have to get to our guest Bubba because we want to talk about motorcycles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubba I love, Meyer. I love motorcycles. He's gonna like what? Try to do an well, ice. Let me just finish this. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. So. If our governor is on heavy duty narcotics, mm -hmm. he should not be making decisions for me. Okay. What about for me? No. For anybody, <laughs> oh. I think I think the man, with all due respect, should step down and resign, and, yeah, and and give it up. He's holding on to something that he shouldn't be holding on to. He should take care of his health and give up the governorship. It's the only right thing to do. It's the only right thing to do, if not for just for the people of Minnesota, for for him personally and for his family. He's he, yeah. he, he's endangering his own health and he's endangering the state of Minnesota. Well, it's too bad regardless. I mean, I wish him and his family the but best. who's making you know? the decisions? He's not. He's not. I don't know. Maybe that young aide. 
I hope not. Yes. I only had a, had a man bun. I'm a millennial. You had a man bun. I have a man if, bun. If, if that dude's and making, I love coffee. If that dude's making our decisions, <laughs> we are in big trouble. He's he going to legalize my weed. He had a big old man bun going on. Super big man so bun. So anyway, we're going to so talk healthy. to Bubba Meyer. Yeah, I can't wait. What's and going on with him? He's going to break so a record? So this is a crazy story. So Bubba, Bubba. Hooked, hooked up with these guys in Ireland. That Who did he know? That do record wheelies. So I knew. Who does so, rec- <gasps> what is that movie with? Is it Anthony Hopkins? Um, no. Where it's like the it's. No. Oh, no. Do you guys so, know what I'm talking no. about? So it's listen, like the world's so, fastest Indian. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, that's not wheelies. Good, oh, okay. Sorry. So I know a lot of guys in LA who go on the 101 and and ride wheelies for like 10 miles at over 100 miles an hour. But, a wheelie for 10 miles? Oh, people do way longer than that. What? People ride wheelies for way longer than that. But but he's doing high speed. So he's trying to hit 160 miles an hour or something like that. We're going to talk to him in a minute. But he's trying to do like 160 or 170. Holy crap. A but So now he's putting it to a whole new level. He's doing it on ice. <gasps> he's a true so Minnesotan, let, that one. Let's bring him in. How old is Bubba? You can ask, you can ask okay. him that question. Are you on the line, Bubba? No, he's not on the line, so we're trying to get him. Is it legal for me to, like, I, I know this is not like a job it's interview. Not, can it's not I ask legal to him, ride a wheelie. No, 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 I'm asking, like, can I ask him how old he is? Is sure. that legal? Oh, okay. Because yeah. I know that there's protection. Riding wheelies on the street is not legal. Oh, really? I've seen people in L.A. What if you did it on your bicycle? Well, that's legal. I've seen people on in L.A. on the 101 standing on their seat. Does Bubba live in Minnesota? He does. You know? Oh, really? So that's probably why he wants to do that on the ice, because that's all he can do. But I think he's doing it in Wisconsin. Oh. oh. <laughs> Gross. We, I no we, longer want him on the show. Do we have Bubba? Do we he's don't a traitor. He's, well, he's probably in Wisconsin enjoying all their legal no, on Sunday from Minis- booze. he's from Minnesota. He's the, does he currently live in Minnesota? He's just I, going over there to be a trader? No. I. Or is there ice better? He had is it, it thicker? He, he had his bike shipped here from Ireland. Ireland. Really? Yeah. Well, did it come? Customs did went, it fly in at the end and, of a and rainbow? And they called me because customs wouldn't let it in. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm dead serious. Yeah, right. I swear to God. What? Yeah, they wouldn't let it because they said it didn't meet EPA. Yeah, and, I, and he had to get he let. He called you? Oh, actually, our producer, Robert, called me. And uh, said, can you help this guy? And, <laughs> what? Yeah, and he had, to, he had to get paperwork from Kawasaki saying this bike meets EPA standards for America. Because they won't let, if it's, it, unless it's. Wait a, a minute. So this guy well, you somehow t- needed you to help him through customs? You, L.A. Nick, <laughs> had helped this guy get through customs? Yeah, do we have Bubba? Oh, my hey, God. I'm here. I oh, think I'm here. hey, Bubba. Bubba. <laughs> hey, you guys, hanging so, up on me. Nice. So, so <laughs> Nick actually helped you. No, I get... didn't. No, I didn't help him. He just oh, figured uh, it out. You figured it out. Okay. Um, can I ask first of all, Bubba, before I let Nick get into this, how old are you? Yeah, I uh, forty-one. You're like forty-one, or you are forty-one. <laughs> Turned forty-two in June. <laughs> okay. So you're forty-one. But I, I was like, hoping like 18, you were like a really, really old man. But you're just well, I, young. Okay. Some days I feel like it. <laughs> All right. So I you're actually, 41 I year old, am. young, young buck. 41's young. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gonna break the world record. Well, he's gonna he's gonna try to break the world. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. You're gonna try to break the world's longest wheel on ice. Well, we're gonna do try to do a couple of different things. There's actually uh, there's actually a 100 meter 
wheelie that you have to do. So basically the front wheel has to be up for the full 100 meters, which is basically the length of a, a football field. And what they do is they actually accumulate your time between the two distances that averages your mile an hour. Last year, we were able to do it at about 133-some mile an hour, and my teammate did it at like 134. So we had some poor ice conditions last year. Um, this year, we're we're kind of uh, picking up the pace a little bit. I've got a 500-horsepower uh, a turbo motorcycle I compete on over in uh, Europe. So we're going to throw that bad boy on the ice and see what we can do with it. Now, and, are, you, uh, are you running ice tires, bike tires? Yeah, actually, I, I'm actually the only guy that's sponsored by uh, a snowmobile stud company, uh, Woody's Traction Control Products. I've ridden spike bike. tires before. They're a whole different ride. Yeah, it's a completely different uh, different game. You know, it really a lot is. Of weight in there. And we're using just regular, you know, DOT uh, tires that are just been modified with the uh, with the studs in there. So we've got a couple of different configurations we're going to use and uh, – We'll probably go do some testing this Saturday and see how everything goes because our event got mo- postponed due to weather. Most street riders don't understand when you ride with spikes, it's a whole different feel because it's it's pushing you around. You can't push the bike around. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it controls uh, you. You don't grip. control it. That's how I feel that about is true. anything I ride on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically like almost driving a car with like flat tires and some points depending on how the, uh, the ice is. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky deal, you know, especially going at, you know, high rate of speed too. You're just, you know, anything can happen at any time. Yeah. I, I didn't care but for it. I, it did, I didn't, I didn't care for it. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't. Didn't. I didn't care for it. <laughs> so to yeah, do I, the... I adjust any oh. kind of uh, terrain that we're on. So it doesn't really bother me as long as I'm on two wheels or one wheel. It's uh, it's all good with me. So the record-breaking situation coming up, where and when are you doing this? Well, it was supposed to be this weekend um, in Fort Atkinson, but uh, due to the high temperatures they've had, they've had a lot of rain down there. Um, Michael Malley, the uh, guy that organizes the event, actually called the event on Monday. So now we've rescheduled for February 25th, and that'll be down at the Sunset Bar and Grill in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. Um, and that usually starts, should start around 9 a.m. And then we'll go till, you know, whenever uh, we need to. So this is your second event that Mother Nature has screwed you? Yeah, a little bit. Um, the ice wheelies, they're, they're, they're pretty hard to try to really lock down a time because, you know, the weather is just so unpredictable, especially here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. You know, it could be 70 one day and then, you know, 40 uh, below the next. It's just it's just so up and down. I know you had crosswind problems in Ireland. Yeah, we had. Uh, anytime you go over to Europe, it's uh, you're you're fighting with some kind of wind. It's either tailwind, headwind, sidewind. But yeah, you're on a huge airfield, and it's just to the point where you just get frustrated. Like you know what, you're just gonna go out and ride because you start worrying about the crosswind and the bike getting pushed around. You're just you know it's one one thing you got to think about, and you you know, kind of psych yourself out. So well, once you just figure, it's like, all right, it's going to be windy, so let's go. Well, people who don't ride bikes don't understand how much wind is, in a, is a factor when you're riding. I mean, wind will push you off the road. I've come yeah, across... I know you're a motorcycle rider, so you know exactly, um, you know, 
yeah. with the wind and everything. And I've hit some open bridges or some open freeway areas, and just the wind, just holy cow! Like you're you're fighting to keep your bike on the road. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're going for top end wheelies too. So you know we're doing it for a full kilometer, which is you know point six two of a mile. So just just over half mile, just under three quarters of a mile. And, you know, we're reaching speeds of over 200 miles an hour doing this. So you've got a lot of different factors there, you know, side wind, head wind, you're plowing through air and it's just, you know, it's a pretty wild deal. Yeah, it is. And you and I have talked about some of the stunt riders because I've experienced a lot of stunt riders in Southern California that ride the 101, yeah. the 405, that literally ride wheelies for miles. I mean, yeah, I've yeah, seen guys yeah. ride wheelies for 10 miles long when we next to them. And I'm like, how's that guy still riding that wheelie? And, uh, yeah, you know, and the stunt guys, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, wheelies are wheelies, but you know, you think about it when you're seeing those guys next there, you know, they're basically almost at a, a 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, you know, position. Oh, they're straight up and know. down. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're doing ours, you know, we're, we're only, you know, a couple of feet off the ground. You know, there's a really cool video on uh, YouTube of the 197 mile an hour wheelie that I did. Um, and you can see, you know, just how that front end just basically just sits there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple of feet off the ground. And, you know, that was, uh, that was a pretty cool uh, video for them to capture. I have to say, I'm not a very, I'm not a big wheelie fan. If uh, when I ride pretty hard, but when my front mm-hmm. end comes off the ground, the only thing I wanted to do is go back down. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, get yeah. my wheel back on the ground, and 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 you know, yeah, I like the you, power wheelies and stuff. You, it's you, just a cool feeling. You know, I'm a two-stroke fan, so two-strokes love the wheelie. Because oh, they, yeah, they hit power band, the front too. wheel comes right off the ground. But I don't like it. I don't. I don't enjoy having no steering. Like, I just don't enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Some people, you know, some people don't like it. You know, I just kind of got the, uh, you know, I guess I just lucked out and got that rear uh, uh, gene that I can paint well, wheelies. Keep us, keep, few, us in, guys in the, in the world. keep us informed on the new date when it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be February uh, 25th over okay. in uh, Wisconsin. So. And where, where, and where in Wisconsin? It's in Fort Atkinson. It's actually going to be held at the Sunset Bar and Grill. And the cool thing about this event is they're actually holding a, a charity race for uh, wounded veterans, which is a cool deal. So oh, we awesome. teamed up with, with these guys. They're going to be doing some ice racing. Uh, Ryan Sahanik over in Wisconsin. He's a four-time uh, world record holder for uh, the wheelie on ice. Uh, Jason Farrell, hopefully he's going to be there. He's actually the current record holder right now. Um, and my teammates, so it's you know at least our team has the, the world record. But yeah, we're gonna try to go out this year. I mean, we've we've done things that no one's ever done before. It's kind of getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, last year we put the uh, Kawasaki H2, it's a supercharged bike on the ice, and you, you don't even see those really when they first came out. And that was the only reason I bought that bike. And uh, now with the good graces of God that I've got this uh, whole shot racing uh, ZX10 turbo bike here only one in the world. I mean, this is a one-off bike. You'll never, ever see another one. So, Bubba, where, know, where where can people find you? Can people find you on social media or YouTube or Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find some videos on uh, YouTube. Just put punch in uh, Cecil Myers Ice Wheel or Cecil Bubba Myers. Um, Facebook, Instagram, at Cecil Myers. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to get some, some things out there. We've actually hired a a new manager to kind of do our sponsorship stuff and, and uh, do the social media because it just gets kind of overwhelming. But yeah, we're starting to grow a little bit and uh, get a little bit more recognition out there. And, 
you know, our big fans are the kids. So that's, that's a cool thing too. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck and keep one wheel on the ground. For sure. We'll, we'll <laughs> definitely keep in touch, Nick, and uh, we'll let you know how things go. And maybe I'll give you a shout after we do some testing. And absolutely. I'll, absolutely. I'll let us know. Vid. I sure will, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it All right, very much. Thanks, Bubba. Thanks for being on. All right. Well, that's uh, I I couldn't do it. I I every time my front wheel comes off the ground, the first thing I want to do is push it back down. You know, <laughs> I once my front wheel came off the ground when I was riding my bike slightly. I was going off a curb and I just about lost my crap. So yeah, yeah it, if you so. ride a two stroke or what he's riding is the X Turbo two stroke. The power in the back wheel it just automatically pushes the front wheel up. Mm. So it's it's rear wheel drive, huh? Yeah, all bikes are wheel drive. Except <laughs> oh. a except a Roken. A Roken or two wheel drive. What's a Roken? A Roken is a motorcycle made to, to to pull dead game out of the woods. Oh, nice. So That's... if you go shoot a deer, you ride your Great. Roken out and you drag your deer out. Well, but they're I'm the just only grab my Roken out here and get my dead deer. They're the for only venison they're for the, later. They're the only two wheel drive motorcycle that mm. I know of is a Roken. Mm. Well, that's fascinating. Because yeah, I'm, I'm the encyclopedia of motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> I think Germany actually made one too once. Oh, I'm sorry, I just woke up. Yeah. Uh, are we still on the air? <laughs> so we have our why, why, do all women, why do all women just don't want to talk about all motorcycles? Women. It's just the cool ones. Well, Nancy doesn't want to talk about motorcycles. Cool do you want to see a picture of my head? I don't want to see a picture of your head. That I had made in Mexico. It's all a two-stroke right. head. I don't want to see that at all. I want to talk about our Minneapolis facts but it's, coming it's up. It's beautiful. Shortly. All right, well maybe I do. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Look how beautiful that is. My, and my phone's dying, so look how beautiful that is. Come on. It is beautiful. All right. right. Well, as I'm looking at that, I do want to talk and look how right now. That is. It's beautiful. Do you know Minneapolis um, is home to somebody who passed away today, unfortunately? This is one of my heroes, um, Mary Tyler Moore. She passed away at age 80, January 25th of 2017. Uh, sad to lose her. She did uh, do a lot of great work for Minneapolis, in my opinion. We've got the bronze statue of her, which is now in the Crystal Court, but it was on 8th and Nicollet for many years, um, which is the intersection where she threw her hat up in the opening sequence of Mary Tyler Moore show. That show was named the one of the 17 most influential TV shows um, by Time Magazine, and it won many, many awards. I think it got the most Emmy Awards ever out of any TV show up until Frasier. Frasier broke their record um, when Frasier was running. But, uh, yeah, it's sad. She's, uh, she's somebody who I, I feel like did a lot of great things for Minneapolis. The big reason Betty White was on that show, too. Huge. And Betty White, she's 95. She's still kicking. She's freaking awesome. She's still alive. And, yeah, I mean, Did she you was, see that video of her part... recently dropping the F-bomb? She's yeah. funny, God, man. she's so funny. She I know. She is funny. But speaking, like, Mary Tyler Moore, rest in peace. Yeah, I honestly, like, she did such amazing things for Minneapolis. Sad to see her go. Is, is um, Rhonda still alive? Rhoda? Rhoda, uh, Valerie Harper, I believe she's still alive, yes. Um, so, so, so Mary died. Mary died, so and she was a longtime sufferer of type 1 diabetes, which is oh. close to my heart because my daughter has type 1 diabetes, and um, she was a big influential voice in that. Um, also suffered from alcoholism for many years. And I, was I very, did not know that. Very outspoken about recovery on that. So, um, is yeah. Her, is her parent somebody, her dad or mom? I don't know. No? I don't know about that, but yeah. I, 
I do know that she she herself was amazing and a pioneer for women too in the television. Well, I guess we're, go, we're going to break because I, right. I hear our band Blue Felix. I do too. Um, and we will be back with more Minneapolis 911. Our scanner calls are coming up. Now, and I want to remind everybody all the music we put on the show is by a band called Blue Felix or a local Minneapolis band. Check them out, Blue Felix. And we'll be back with more Minneapolis 911. Welcome to The Exchange. The Exchange. Featuring two full-surface bars, a dance floor, exclusive VIP seating. The Exchange. Immerse yourself in the underground oasis with the Twin Cities' sexiest people. The Exchange. A swanky cocktail lounge for grown-ups of stunning beauty. And the most state-of-the-art sound and light equipment available anywhere in North America. The first Function One Evo sound system. Light sound and music perfection. Elevate your club experience at the Exchange. Exchange Nightclub, 10 South 5th Street Lumber Exchange Building, downtown Minneapolis. The Exchange, your premier nightlife destination. 40 years ago, owner Gene Dubois and his friends sat on his granny's front porch step and discussed cars. Matchbox cars. This one? No, not that one. Look under here. That's damaged. This one instead. Cool. No one else would have seen that. Yeah, this one is perfect. And 40 years later, they're still discussing cars. Only now, the cars have grown a little. This one? No, not that one. Look under here. That's damaged. See? This one instead. Cool. No one else would have seen that. And this one? Yeah, that one's perfect. How about this one? Fact is, anyone can sell cars, but to sell quality, inspected cars, you have to know what a quality, dependable car looks like. And when you've got Gene and his team and all that experience, you can't help but win. Star Auto and Truck Sales not only sells you the car, you also get friendly customer service and no-hassle shopping. And because these are hand-picked, quality, mechanically-fit cars and trucks, just like on Granny's Porch 40 years ago, you get honest value. Something hard to find in today's world. Star Auto and Truck Sales at StarAutoAndTruck.com. And we're back, Minneapolis911.com. It was up to me. I would just play a whole hour of Blue Felix music. But yeah, gonna, they're pretty good. I love them. You know what? They just won the, the Medis. There's a, a medal award show for mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Blue Felix won the top Medi award for the best live performance awesome. band. Because their, their, their live show is a show. They are true entertainers. Toxic Trip, Jake Trip is mm. an amazing front man, and they are an amazing band to go see live. Anyway, we're going to do our 911 calls, and that's going to be the last wrap-up of the show. We're going to do our 911 calls right now, I think. Maybe we will. Maybe, maybe. we won't. Or we'll just listen to a little piano. We'll talk a little bit. We do have some good calls this week. There's one where people are in acid. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. People don't think acid even exists anymore. And it does in Coon Rapids. It does everywhere. Let me tell you. It does everywhere, trust me. Hey, is it acid where people like eat each other's faces or is that bath salts? It's bath salts. Oh, okay. I think we're going to 911 clips. Here we go. More blue sailors. Twin. Fact. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I just burped. Sorry. Sounds like a commercial. Tree King 31. 
I'm on Kumquat north of 115th, just past 331. I'm sorry, 449, Mary David X-ray, coming back as a stolen. Or you just ducked up in the car, man, trying to turn around. 10-4, and you're turning around 115th and Kumquat, 416. 13-33, 416. 13-31, I'm at one gunpoint. 13 31, one at gunpoint. All cars, hold your traffic, 416. Foot pursuit, I got three running. One in the car still. Foot pursuit, three running. I have three running. They're going eastbound. Driver and two passengers bailed. Uh, we have an occupied vehicle in the driveway. They just ran past that, both behind a white house. I'll get you an address in a second. Copy running eastbound behind a white house. The two passengers and driver. Still have one in the car, 417. 1331, I got one prone note at gunpoint. Can you even imagine being a cop and dealing no. with this? Like, seriously, like, you, you, you're following a car, and it comes up stolen, and you have to stop it, and now you have somebody at gunpoint, and everybody's running. No. And it has to be the crappiest job on earth. I right? would have to wear a diaper. And you know what? People want to complain about the cops, but say your car got stolen. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. You're going to call 911. Right. And say, my car got stolen. Mm -hmm. And then the cops. I don't know if I would say that. Man, my car got and then, stolen. And then the cop's going to see your car with four people in it, and he's going to start to stop it mm -hmm. to get your car back for you. A nice guy. Right, nice for you. Nice cop. Nice right. guy or girl, yeah. For you. And, mm -hmm. and, and it sucks. It sucks to be them. It you know, sucks, they're just trying man. to get your damn car back. So. And. Uh, then these stupid guys on acid or bath salts just no, that's, running willy-nilly. Oh, that's not this call. call. Oh, they're just, like, carrying guns. Actually, you know what? Can we can we continue that call, producer? Producer. Can we? He's got a name. It's Robert, Robert. W. Morgan. Yeah. Can we can, can we, can we continue Weapon? that call? Party on the ground saying negative unknown at this time. Party on the ground saying negative on weapons, but unknown. They were possibly high on acid, 419. 1306, if you can, can we get a description of the uh, ones that ran on foot? So you're right. I they told actually, you. They actually were on acid. And it's so funny because people think people don't do acid anymore. But guess what? They do. And off of Kumquat Lane. Kumquat Lane on acid. <laughs> Stealing cars, dropping some acid. Is that you how you say it? Is that how the cool kids say yeah, it? Yeah, dropping drop some acid. What does that man. mean? Like you drop it on your face? No, you drop it on your tongue. Oh, oh. Well, most, your face, well, most acid is either blotter, which is a piece of paper, mm -hmm. or a sugar cube. Mm. So you drop it on your tongue. Mm. Drop it like it's hot. And it's amazing. So back in my day. 1940? In the 80s, most, <laughs> in fact, here's this is a true story. I'm going to tell a true story about Oh, God, I can't so, wait. So anybody from the Philadelphia area, anybody, knows who Jim O'Brien is. So Jim O'Brien was Channel 6 Action News. <laughs> weatherman and he was the weatherman I'm, I'm pretty sure i have the name right he was the weatherman forever and he used to have parties all the time and he would make liquid acid oh so he would create acid rain and he, weatherman and you go <laughs> you go to his party and he would have an eyedropper you need to get a drop in your eye oh well that's not nice or, wouldn't that burn nope not oh. at all or a drop on your tongue oh. and uh he made really clean acid back then. Like clean everybody acid? went to Jim Actually, that seems I, like an oxymoron. I, I, actually, actually, you know what? I think Jim O'Brien was the news guy and the weather guy's names on the tip of my tongue. I can't. But everybody knew he was a weather. Acid he was, McGee. He was a weatherman forever. But he actually okay. died of acid. No, he parachuted on acid and didn't pull a shoot. 
Just Google Philadelphia weatherman dies in parachute accident. It'll come up. Every and you'll get his name. single time. But I'm he, gonna Google yeah, this. Google that. He died. He died. Well, and and he was an avid acid user, like avid. He used to tell me that he would go do the weather on acid. You know, a lot of major. I ba- bet weather was more interesting. But you know, a lot of major baseball players have played pro. Baseball games tripping on acid. You know that? Are you trying to say it's a good idea, or are you like? I I I do not. I do not think any drug is a good idea. But people who do acid, they swear by it. So I don't know. I know a lot of pro 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 baseball players have played pro games on acid. Somebody, I thought it made you like fraud at the mouth. One guy played I think multiple World Series games high on acid. A pitcher, Sheila Allen Stevens. No, NBC Ten. Nope, nope. Philadelphia News, Channel Six, Action News. Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. Nope, Channel Six, Action News. Okay, sorry. Died in a parachute accident. Just put Channel Six, Action News. Weatherman dies in parachute accident. Channel Six, Action News. Philadelphia. But I know there's a pro baseball player who, who, who has admitted doing major World Series games high on acid. But anyway, we're going to go to our next call while you look that up. Let's okay. play our next call. 4123, 10-1 for 4123. Cell phone white bear approaching Larpenter. Stolen vehicle, 700. Nora George George. Black Lincoln Zephyr. Like in Fort Foster area. Southbound white bear approaching. 4123, we're going to be passing Larry. We're going to be passing Iowa, still going south. We're going to pass with pool one, so say, off in front of 23 passing Nebraska. Stop. So, another stolen car. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd want to be a cop pulling over stolen cars. Because you don't know what's in that car. You don't know if somebody's going to jump out with an AK 47 and shoot you. Okay, so Jim O'Brien, I just found this from our so previous I was right with his name. Yeah, you were right, except it does not say that on Wikipedia at all. It says, okay, he um, died of a parachute accident, but it does not reference acid at all. Well, is this like an urban it does. myth? No, it's, I knew the guy. I personally knew him. All right, well, he... Um, he had two favorite hobbies, motorcycle riding and, and skydiving. And acid dropping. Uh, and acid dropping. <laughs> The other, the latter hobby led to his untimely death and skydiving accident on September 25th of 1983. Listen, all I know is the dude would have a quarter inch of liquid in his bathtub of acid. Bathtub of acid. So if, if somebody has a quarter inch of liquid that fills up their whole bathtub and it's acid, they're You've pretty much problem. an acid freak. Well, and he used to have major parties, and I used to go to him. So he's inducted into the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, I know he was a big acid advocate, uh, man. Yeah, let's. Do we have another call? Yeah, we have All one right, more call. This is, this is a tear, it's a tearjerker call. I'm just warning everybody. Oh my God, I'm already crying. If you like, ki- right. if you like ki- kittens or puppies. All right, kittens or puppies. Uh. The United Police Department would like to take this time to recognize the retirement of canine Blade. Tonight is Blade's last shift before his retirement. Blade has been a member of the United Police Department's team for the last seven years and has partnered with Officer Jason Bear since he's a puppy. Officer Bear and Blade have put in well over 1,500 hours of training since 2010, and he has partnered in countless hours in suspect canine tracks, area searches, felony stops and apprehensions, narcotic searches, 
and tons of cannon demonstrations for adults and children. Flight has also received awards, including placing third in the 2014 National Canine Trials. We'd like to take this time to also thank Officer Jason Bears for his time and dedication that he's put in to the United Canine Program. Without his involvement, Blade could not have been an outstanding canine that he has been. Blade, we thank you for your loyalty, your fearlessness, and your protection to every officer that you provided and worked with over the years. Please enjoy your retirement. We know you'll be missed, and you're going to miss the squad car. Canine Blade, guys 13, is retiring. Again, his last shift is tonight. He's officially retiring December 28, 2016. That's so sad. Oh, I just want to cry. And the guy is crying. You can hear it at the end of his I'm, dispatch. I'm crying. I'm crying a little us. bit, too. Look, you just teary. You I, either just I, dropped acid or you're crying. No, I love dogs, and police dogs are so special. And I and the bond that they have with the human officers is so strong. I don't know. It's just, there's just something really, ugh, it just kills me. Betsy's trying to get rid of all police dogs in Minneapolis. That's because she's Satan. Only Satan would want to get rid of police dogs. She says they're racist. You know what? Is she trying to get rid of the um, horses, too? Nope, just dogs. Oh, okay. Just well, dogs. that's probably because they can smell her all evilness. All city council is. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. They say it's, I think the dogs are awesome. I love police dogs. Yeah, I do too. I love all dogs. Yeah, me too. I love oh. all animals. It's one thing we can agree on. Yeah. We love animals. Yeah. And we did say we were going to talk about puppies. So we There's did. A puppy. Yep. And Blade. So Blade. Blade, have a great enjoy retirement. Enjoy your retirement. Thank you if, for your if, service. And whoever owns Blade, do they need somebody to walk him or take care of him when they go on vacation? I uh, will do that. He's acid-free and ready to volunteer. Drug-free, and I love dogs. Mm-hmm. All right, so we will be back next so week. I want to remind everybody that we do the show because we love Minneapolis. You can check out all our past episodes at at Minneapolis911.com backslash podcast, Tom Bernard Network, KFAI, mayorofminneapolis.com. You can check out Hesley Ray at at HesleyRay.com and on the Facebook and Twitter under yep. Hesley Ray. And we're on we're on Minneapolis 901s on Facebook and Twitter at Minneapolis901.com. We'll see you soon. L.A. Nick, Hesley Ray, Minneapolis 911, and we want to thank Mark Lee and Bubba Myers for being our guests this week. We'll see you next week. Minneapolis911.com. You have been listening to Minneapolis 911 with L.A. Nick and Hesley Ray. Join us and download a new show every Wednesday at 9 a.m. on the Tom Bernard Network at Minneapolis911.com. For further information on today's and past shows, go to Minneapolis911.com. Minneapolis 911 post-production provided by Nancy Keene and Buko Latidin. This show is a Robert W. Morgan production. I'm Casey Moon. Thank you for listening to Minneapolis 911.